We are just days away from the start of the college football season, but some big questions remain for the Cowboys. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome in to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And if you haven't gone and left us a review over wherever you listen to the podcast, feel free to do that. Also, share it with a buddy, uh, someone else that's getting excited for the start of Cowboy football. But looking at this season, as we head into the Week 1 matchup against Central Arkansas, there are some questions that still remain for the Cowboys as they head into this Week 1 matchup, and the biggest of those being, who is going to play at quarterback? Who is going to see the majority of the snaps? Who is going to start? Who will look the best for the Cowboys as we head into the season? Now, I and a lot of other people thought it was going to be Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman, the transfer coming in from Michigan, hadn't really played the last two seasons, looked good at Texas Tech when he was there, competing against Gundy and Rangel, who hadn't looked good last year. But now Gundy says that he's going to play multiple quarterbacks in 2023. Not just multiple quarterbacks week one, but multiple quarterbacks, period. And the saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And that's even worse if you have three quarterbacks. Now, Gunny didn't say specifically if he meant all three quarterbacks are going to see playing time, or if it's Wrangle and Bowman, or if it's Gundy and Bowman, we'll we'll see what multiple means, especially as the game flow dictates that against Central Arkansas. Playing multiple quarterbacks in your Week 1 matchup against the NFCS opponent isn't head-scratching. What is head-scratching is that you can't confidently name a starter or that you can't say, well, we're just going to do this against Central Arkansas to give everybody some reps and see what we have in our guys, and then we'll make a decision past that. No, Gundy is saying that we're going to play multiple quarterbacks Week 1 and multiple quarterbacks possibly week two, week three. We don't know how long. What's that going to look like against Arizona State? Arizona State is not an FCS opponent, not to overlook Central Arkansas, but there's quite a discrepancy there when it comes to opposition talent. And so to sit there and go, we're going to play multiple quarterbacks in multiple games to start the season is concerning because someone hasn't emerged. Whether it's Wrangle and Gundy, one of the two or both, look so much better that he he isn't sure if he's ready to go with, with Bowman or if he wants to stick with one of the guys that's already been there because they did improve from last year to this year. Or, and what I'm m- most concerned about, is that no one has looked good enough to proclaim to be the starter. And that's what concerns me. Because if you look at last season, Garrett Rangel played in four games. Gunnar Gundy played in four games. They they both had a 106 quarterback rating. 106.02 for Rangel, 106.79 for Gundy. Rangel was 59 of 115, so quite a, quite a bit uh, of attempts compared to Gundy, who was 19 of 39. Five picks for Rangel to four touchdowns. completion percentage. Gundy had three touchdowns and four interceptions with a 48.7 completion percentage. 711 yards for Rangel, 247 for Gundy. 
So neither looked good last year, although both had long, uh, long, long gains. 83 of Gundy's 247 yards came on one play. Rangel had an 84 yard, uh, 84 yard play. Uh, but average per game for Rangel was 177.75, and Gundy averaged 61.75 yards per game. Not great stats, albeit not a lot of work, but they them starting was a big part of Oklahoma State falling apart at the end of the season when they came in for an injured Spencer Sanders. So, honestly, one of them has to either look substantially better or I'm super worried about this season. Now, Alan Bowman was at Texas Tech in 2018 as a freshman. He played in eight games, was 227 or 327, just under 70% completion percentage, had 17 touchdowns and seven interceptions. In 2019, as a sophomore, he only played in three games. He was a 101 for 151, 65.6% completion percentage, six touchdowns, three interceptions. At Texas Tech, his sophomore year again in 2020, he was 150 for 232, 64.7% completion percentage, 1,602 yards, 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So, a great year one for a freshman, over 2,500 yards passing, a 17-7 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio, uh, almost 70% completion percentage. Those are good numbers for a freshman in the Big 12. Took a step back in 2019, only playing in three games. Kind of took another step back. In 2020, it depends on how you want to look at it. By kind of, uh, he, he was better than he was in 2019, but worse than he was as a freshman. Substantially less pass attempts in the same amount of games, uh, less yards, less touchdowns, but the same amount of interceptions. Then transferred from Tech to Michigan. Was at Michigan in 2021. Only played in three games. Was two of four for nine yards and an interception. In 2022, only played in four games, was 6-7 for 60 yards and one touchdown. No interceptions. So, hasn't played much the last two seasons. In fact, he is 8-11 for 11 in, in the last two years. One touchdown, one interception when you look at the two years combined with a very nice 69 yards passing. So, he comes into Oklahoma State after taking essentially the last two years off. Has seen success in the Big 12 before, but now here we are coming into this season. In the offseason, he hasn't done well enough to separate himself from the other two who honestly were not very good last year, albeit both young, were not very good last year. He hasn't done enough to separate himself and say, hey, I'm the veteran, I'm the senior, I have the experience. So why can't he separate himself and be the starting quarterback? That is super concerning. So either three things, I guess. Either Rangel and Gundy have been so good that he can't decide, Gundy can't decide who he wants as the starting quarterback with Bowman. Bowman hasn't been good enough to separate himself from the other two, or Gundy is being stubborn and doesn't want to name a starter. Now, I could see if you want a, a matchup advantage by not naming a starter against... Uh, a, a quality opponent, but it's Central Arkansas. Okay, again, nothing against Central Arkansas, but they were they're an FCS team who was below 500 last year. So it's not like you're trying to get an edge over a Power Five by not naming a quarterback to start the season. And I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. Is Bowman going to get the start? How long is he going to play? Is it going to be okay, Bowman? You get the first quarter. 
uh, Wrangle, you get the second quarter. Gunner Gundy, you get the third quarter. And then are they going to also reach into uh, the, the freshman, uh, Flores, and give him the fourth quarter? Are we going to see, okay, Bowman, you get the first half. Wrangle, you get the second half. Are, are we going to see, okay, Wrangle gets this drive. Gunner Gundy gets this drive. Flores gets this drive. I mean, what, what's that going to look like? Who, who is going to get the majority of the snaps? There's, I just am so confused by all this. Because, again, when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And it's not like these guys are different. I remember success was had with J.W. Walsh and Clint Chelf because J.W. was a threat to run and Chelf was a pocket passer. That is different. When you've got two guys that do two different things and you've got a guy that can come in for some different fun packages and cease his success that way, sure, then you can have two quarterbacks. Change them out. But Wrangle Bowman, Gunner Gundy, and I don't know much about Zane Flores, the freshman coming in, but those three guys, Gundy, Bowman, and Wrangle, are all the same style of quarterback. So it's not like you're trying to give the defense different looks or the offense different looks or trying to catch the defense off guard because you've got a guy that can run. It just it's so mind-boggling to me why we don't have a starting quarterback. And Central Arkansas does have the advantage on that side. As a roster as a whole, probably can't compete with Oklahoma State on paper. But they have a senior quarterback in Will McElvain, who in 2022 threw for over 2,500 yards and had a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 18-8. to A kid from Iowa has a big arm, and he can really throw the ball deep. So Oklahoma State... Uh, corners are going to have to step up in that in that game. And so for Central Arkansas, they actually have the advantage, it looks like, heading into this game at the quarterback position, which is an important place to have a, a positional advantage. So if Oklahoma State is going to see some success, someone has to emerge sooner rather than later as the guy in the quarterback room. Whether it's Bowman, Wrangle, or Gundy, someone needs to emerge and say, all right, coach, you can start me week in and week out, and believe in me, and we are going to go out there and win games. If he can't, or if someone doesn't, it's going to be a very bad season for Oklahoma State. And if that's the case, because Gundy can't commit to one of these guys, then it's going to spell trouble for Oklahoma State at a time when the conference is so volatile as far as who is going to take over as the leader of this conference. You've got some tough competition coming in. There are a lot of good opponents that are joining the Big 12 or have joined the Big 12. So at a time when things are so fluid, you could fall, see yourself fall to the bottom of the Big 12 because you can't commit or you're not confident in committing to a star. Does is It really hurts the confidence of these quarterbacks because they're going to constantly be looking over their shoulder, and if they make a mistake, they're going to go, am I going to get pulled? How much trust does he have in me? If I throw a pick or throw a ball, is that it? It shouldn't affect Bowman so much as a senior, as a veteran, but it certainly could play in the young guys with Ringle and Gunnar Gundy. I mean, you, you, you saw the viral video of Gunnar Gundy handshaking when he had to come in. Uh, that tells you about his nerves at least last year. So it's just not a good place. It's not 
the optimistic place you want to be heading into a season. It, it brings a lot of concerns, a lot of worries, and maybe they're just going to lean on the run game. Maybe that's what they're going to focus on or what they plan to do, which I'm fine with, but you still have to have a quarterback who you can believe in and trust to at least be uh, a game manager and can lead you on a game-winning drive if need be. But right now, I don't believe that's something that they have, and of course, more questions will be answered on Saturday when we watch these guys play. So some storylines heading into this one. Was last season a fluke? That's a big one. How will the Cowboys respond to all the players they lost in the transport portal? We're not going to know uh, immediate the answer to that question, but somebody should start to appear like they're going to be good. Is it the returners? Is it the guys that are transferring in? The three different options under center, I, I'm just so confused about what that's going to look like. But again, it's it's something to, to wait and see. Uh, so Central Arkansas, do they have enough talent to compete? Um, it's an FCS-FBS team. FCS upsets FBS every year. We see it every year. Someone is good enough. But Central Arkansas did struggle last year. They do return some. So it does take a special group to compete with the big dogs. College football. Um, Will McElvain is good and will give them a positional advantage. But I just don't think they have enough to beat Oklahoma State. They just don't. But it is going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be a lot closer than Oklahoma State fans want to see. The other thing that I like to see, and I'm glad that McElvain is good enough to really test the Oklahoma State defense, because another question you have coming in is what is Brian Nardo's system going to look like as the new D.C. coming into FBS for the first time? How is he going to get these guys ready? What are some of the, you know, obviously there's some really talented players on Oklahoma State, but there's a lot of new players. They lost a lot. So what is this defense going to look like? And if you can't, you know, control this Bears offense, who again were 5-6 and six last year, if you can't control this game and look like you have the lead or you're in charge throughout the game, it's going to be very concerning and have people really worried for that Week 2 matchup against Arizona State. On the defensive side, a guy to watch, Colin Oliver. Uh, last year, he was very good. 16.5 sacks, 57 tackles. Uh, Oliver is already being viewed as a middle-round NFL player by multiple scouts, and he's got another year production to kind of bolster that. He is from Oklahoma, so he's the guy to watch on the defensive side. The defensive line will really set the tone for the Cowboys as far as what the rest of the, the team will look. They have a very good set of linebackers and a pretty good set of corners, so they're going to get tested on that side of the ball. Nardo will, you know, implement his his stuff early. We'll see what the new look defense will be like under a new guy. And then on the offensive side of things, outside of the quarterbacks, is what is Casey gonna done gonna look like? How is he going to manage having to play multiple quarterbacks? Who is gonna get the majority of the carries on, on, from the run game? Is it most likely Ollie Gordon? But there's some other guys that are very good right behind Gordon that uh, that I'll be interested to see how they play. You got the the transfer Collins from Michigan State. You have uh, another guy who was there last year uh, that in, in um, Jade Nixon. So there's some returners, Ollie Gordon Nixon. There's the transfer. So And it's going to be a little bit different dynamic. A lot of the run offense last year 
A lot of the run offense last year came from Spencer Sanders. Matter of fact, a th- over 1,000 yards, 1,085 yards came from two guys that are no longer at Oklahoma State. Dominique Richardson, who transferred, and Spencer Sanders, who transferred. So that leaves a lot of yards to be filled by guys that were good when they got the ball, but we didn't see a lot of last year. Ollie Gordon, five yards a carry, 326 yards. Jade Nixon, 196 yards, 3.9 yards a carry. And then the transfer in, Elijah Collins, who was kind of all over the place throughout his years at Michigan State. Um, So how much impact is the transfer going to have? What's the right receiver room going to look like? Especially when you've got multiple quarterbacks. I went from being really excited, kind of a little worried. Luckily, it's an opponent to try to figure things out against. But if you don't make the steps necessary and figure things out, you're going to not win against Arizona State. It's just, if you can't figure out someone to play and you're still playing the multiple starting quarterbacks because someone didn't prove themselves enough against Central Arkansas, you're going to have a tough time on the road at Arizona State. And and then you got South Alabama, and then you got into the Big 12 play. So you've got three weeks, essentially one week, in my opinion, three weeks out of conference. If you want to try it against Arizona State as well, you got you got three weeks to figure it out before you're into the really important Big 12 play. The schedule's easy, thankfully, for Oklahoma State. I'm still not super confident in my nine-win prediction, but... I think that certainly they can get there, especially if someone emerges. And that was on my wish list last episode when I talked about all the different things that I wanted to see from this team. Having someone emerge and be great is is something that I think is a possibility with what we've seen from Oklahoma State quarterbacks in the past. Now, Gundy always hasn't been right about who's the better guy. Wes Lunt, Alex Cates, guys that were that Gundy went with originally were not the guy. So whoever he goes with may not be the guy and someone else will emerge. Brandon Whedon came from the Alec Cates thing, and then you had Clint Shelf emerge the year for West Lunt. So we'll see who Gundy thinks is the right guy. He is quick to change it if he needs to, and they've seen success uh, when they've made the change. So, you know, Gundy sometimes, uh, I think, overthinks the quarterback position a little much as a as a former quarterback, former quarterback coach. So we'll see um, what, what happens. Um, over on heartlandcollegesports.com, Joe Tillery wrote up a little preview uh, for these two teams. This is the second time they've ever played. Oklahoma State leads the series 1-0. They won that game 32-8. to That was back in 2015, a year Oklahoma State was a top 25 team a year that they won 10 games. Joe's prediction for this game is 34-12, to so pretty similar to the last time these two teams played. He says, uh, this is Joe here, while I do like some aspects of the Bears roster, Oklahoma State isn't losing their season debut. I think each quarterback for the Cowboys would put together some solid drives, but with three different players potentially taking snaps under center, I expect the score to be a bit lower than most. Central Arkansas will most likely find some big plays in the passing game for big scores. But with the game out of hand early, the two-point tries will be plentiful yet unsuccessful. The Cowboys earned their first win of the season over the Bears while also managing to leave several 
questions unanswered. So it's pretty spot on. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that's where we're at. But that's where we're at, and they can't be answered until we can finally have someone. Uh, I like this prediction of the score, 34-12. I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say we win 28 to 7 or 28-10. Actually, that's what I'll say. 28 to 10. Uh, I think uh, Bowman comes out, looks good on a couple of drives, scores a couple of touchdowns, uh, and I think that Ollie Gordon has two rushing touchdowns, and I th- I hope that Bowman is good enough to submit himself as the starter moving forward. I'm also willing to say that all four touchdowns are scored with Bowman at the quarterback, and the offense just can't find a rhythm with the other two guys, and I hope that Bowman is the guy moving forward. But I wouldn't be surprised, or I won't be surprised, when multiple quarterbacks take snaps against Arizona State. So 28-10, that's my prediction for Saturday's game. Feel free to send me your prediction for the game on Twitter at Dr. Jordan, or you can you know DM me whatever uh, on Twitter. Uh, share the podcast on Twitter if you if you if you can. Send it to some buddies. Leave us that review. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.